If you're in a spot where you feel like you really need to get away for a few days to be encouraged, equipped, and refreshed as a youth ministry leader, then I want to make sure you know about the Youth Leaders Summit that's coming up February 26th through the 28th. It's taking place in Lake Yale down in Leesburg, Florida. Just incredible opportunity for you to get away, be around other youth ministry leaders, network with other folks. Listen, you're going to hear from Duffy Robbins, which is one of my personal uh, youth ministry heroes. Worship there led by Jeff Owen from 10th Avenue North. YouTube folks that we all love, Cool Carl and Andy, just a great time for you to get away. It's $199 for a leader, $99 for a spouse. That price includes uh, lodging in your very own room, five meals, tons of giveaways, and you can actually save $50 per leader by using the discount code OASIS, O-A-S-I-S. Again, February 26th through the 28th, the Youth Leader Summit. And if you can't make it to the February one there in Florida, there's another one in May up in New Jersey at Harvey Cedars. The price for that's $149 a liter there in May. So for more information, head over to youthleadersummit.com. I'm telling you, incredible opportunity at a great price to go away, be encouraged, be equipped, and be refreshed. I really hope you guys will check it out. One way that you can get experience that uh, you may not have thought of is is getting yourself a title. If you're a volunteer, even let's say you're in Jody's youth group right now, and and you're in college and you're trying to, you know, show that you have experience. If if an intern came to you or an unpaid intern came to you, Jody, and just said, "Man, I want an actual job description, and I want you to hold me accountable, even if it's just ten hours a week, but can I be called the the small group coordinator?" My guess is the majority of youth pastors out there will help a person, especially a college student or, or seminary student, have that experience by giving them a job description, especially when it's not costing anything, um, and they yeah. get that that they get that higher functionality out of them. So I think that's one untapped resource um, that I wish people would do. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show today. This is episode one thirty six of the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And listening today, wherever you are and wherever this finds you, thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. Great episode ahead as we dive into the topic of finding a youth ministry role, youth ministry job. And so I want to preface this a little bit for us because I know that the whole premise behind this podcast and everything that is happening at the Longer Hall is to help you achieve longevity in youth ministry. And that really comes in two kind of parts. One part is we just want to help you stay in the game for a really long time and see this as a calling that you can stay in for a really long time. And sometimes that's going to look like uh, staying in it, but serving in a few places. The other side of that is we really want to help you engage and be equipped and encouraged to stay put where you are for a really long time. And your time in at a particular church or ministry is going to be incredibly valuable to you when it comes to your effectiveness, your influence there, the trust that you earn, and what you're able to do and accomplish. And so we want to kind of break that cycle of seeing youth pastors every two to three years, moving from church to church to church, starting over, doing the same thing again, only to leave 
Again, we want to really help you stay in this thing and stay where you are for the longer haul. So it might seem odd then that we have Brian Abbey on the show today talking about how to find a youth ministry job. And so you'll hear in this his heart as well. But I'll say this, our, our heart is not to convince you to leave where you are to go and find a new position. That's not, that's not the desire here. But at the same time, we do recognize that for you to stay put in a place for a while means that you're going to have to find a healthy place to be and a place that God is calling you to be. And that means knowing what questions to ask, knowing how to look, who to talk to, and all those things. So if you're in a spot right now, this is not necessarily meant to encourage you to leave and go somewhere else. If you're just starting in youth ministry or or studying youth ministry or thinking about going into youth ministry, this is absolutely going to be incredibly helpful for you because he, we, we talk through all the things from resumes to interviews to search. Uh, I think it'll help you really get your arms and your head around what it looks like to look for a role. And then if you're in a season where you just know God's calling you to something else and you're confident in that, at some point you might find yourself in that season. Uh, hopefully this will help you as you're kind of navigating what that looks like to go in and look for the next place that God would call you to be. But our desire, Brian's desire, my desire, is, is really at the root of it for you to find a place that God has called you to, to stay put, and to serve there for a very, very long time. So great episode today, great interview, really, really practical helps and tips for you. Show notes for today's episode will be at thelongerhall.com slash episode 136 thelongerhall.com slash episode 136. So you can head over there and check those out as well. Again, super excited for today. I think it's going to be really helpful, really practical. If you're not on the mailing list, make sure you head over to thelongerhall.com, jump on the email list so that you can get stuff there that comes out that's not necessarily tied to the podcast as well as updates anytime something new drops. Uh, Some pretty cool stuff coming down the pipe. So for sure, jump on that. And if you're not in the Facebook group, uh, I'd encourage you to do that as well. Links for the Facebook group will be at thelongerhall.com. You can find both of that there. So anyway, all of that said, all of that out of the way today, let's go ahead and jump in here to today's interview with Brian Abbey. Welcome to the Longer Haul Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now, here's your host, Jody Livingston. All right, well, hey, Brian, thanks for jumping on here with us today. We've been talking a little back and forth for a long, long time. I feel like we've kind of crossed paths, had a dinner together about a year ago uh, down at Conclave down in Chattanooga and mm-hmm. just reached out and said, Hey man, I, I know we've talked a little too. So I want you to introduce yourself, um, kind of who you are, background, kind of what yeah. you do. And then we'll, we'll jump in from there. Good deal. I'll do my best to give you the 30,000 foot Brian Abbey flyover in a 30 seconds <laughs> or less. So uh, I right. grew up, I, I live in the Seattle area and didn't grow up in a Christian home, came to Christ through young life, age 17. Um, ended up going off to Christian college and asking uh, my first senior pastor, 19-year-old uh, sophomore in college, I found a small church. I just wanted to help with their youth group. And he's like, well, we don't have one. And so why don't you start it? And so I met with a group of really young elders. I didn't know what a church plant was, but that's what it was. Um, so mm-hmm. these like 26, 27, 28-year-old elders and this 24-year-old senior pastor 
quote unquote, hire me, uh, meaning work for free, um, you know, yeah. as, a, as a sophomore in college. And the beauty was I graduated college with a couple bachelor's degrees and three years of experience. So that kind of put me at least mm. a little bit of an advantage over other 22 year old youth pastors, you know, coming out of college looking for a role. <laughs> um, and that was kind of during the youth pastor boom of the mid mid 90s, you know, in terms of all the churches were were that was the, the most, you know, fresh hire that people were looking for at that point. So uh, definitely played an advantage. I was a youth pastor for about 16 years then before I started my own organization called YouthMark. YouthMark uh, did short-term mission trips into rural communities across the United States. It's what I did as a youth pastor. Um, I just had this belief of um, really being able to equip my teens to share their faith at a peer-to-peer level without a language barrier because nobody had shared Christ with me. I came to Christ through Young Life. And again, it was because somebody invited me to the Young Life program. I went to camp kind of that traditional model of like, you know, let's, let's get them, let's get them to camp and they'll get saved. Um, yeah. And I thought there's gotta be a better way we can actually equip our, our teens to be able to share their faith too. So I found that that was the best model was taking my kids into rural communities, really podunk towns of 1500 or less where nothing was happening. So when we're inviting any teen that we see, like to come to the football field at, at night, they're like, why? And we're like, well, cause we're here. And they're like, okay. So they'd show up and we play ultimate frisbee and about halfway through the game, you know, collect them with a bunch of Snapple drinks and, and have one of my teens share their faith. And uh, it was, it was really cool. So that youth mark really kind of uh, took off. And, and within a few years, we were becoming a, a national mystery. Um, and that kind of parlayed itself into me speaking for organizations like Youth specialties and simply, um, and one of the things that I had always done, Jody was, was network. I, you know, I, as a, as a youth pastor, I get invited to the you know monthly lunch, and I eventually started leading those lunch uh, monthly lunches. In fact, yesterday, literally had it with our local network here because I still lead it um, and and want to be a resource to those those youth pastors. So because of that, whenever whenever anybody locally would leave, um, you know, the senior pastor would call and say, "Hey, Brian, we you know." Toby just left. Can you help us find somebody? I was motivated to help their volunteer team in that kind of that downtime between, you know, when they were looking for somebody, just just help ministry still happen. But they're like, well, you know, people, can you help us find somebody? (laughs) So I was like, well, this is actually going to go above and beyond. So I started charging them. Nothing like Slingshot or Vanderbilt or any other organizations charge now. I wish I knew what they were charging because I'd at least be in a different car by now, you know, so, (laughs) but you know, I, I did that as a side hustle. Mark Matlock was the president of YS. He was a friend of mine. I was speaking for the team trainings and, and stuff like that. He saw that I was doing that as kind of a side hustle. And he said, hey, why don't you come aboard with Slingshot? I knew my model with YouthMark was not a sustainable financial model. I'm doing, doing rural mission trips across the country. Um, once I'd handed off a connection, there was no re- real reason to have that third party. So I knew financially, like I need to probably have an exit strategy for youth market. I sold it off to another organization and ended up going a full-time with, with YS as the director of YS search and coaching. So from 2013 to 18, I I ran that and spoke at convention, all that type of stuff. And Slingshot actually was a competitor of mine. And um, when 2018 was happening and a couple people in leadership that we all know nationally were taking over YS, we, I got a call from somebody at Slingshot and said, Hey, instead of competing, why don't we, why don't we team together? And so I, I came aboard at Slingshot now in 2018, been there for uh, five plus years and it's been a hoot. I love it. I'm the senior associate of NextGen. Um, so me and about 14, 15 others, um, head up the majority of the, the searches around the country 
for the next gen, um, you know, family pastor, kids pastor, student pastor uh, type role. So love that at home, uh, married, three kids, a uh, 21-year-old daughter, 19-year-old daughter. Um, they're both in college. And then my 15-year-old son and Elizabeth and, and I have been married for 27 years. We are that old. So there yeah, you go. Yeah. I know it wasn't 30 seconds or less, but no. at least you got the snapshot of who no, I am. No, it's great. Uh, real quick, I mean, I just briefly, Slingshot, search firm, you want to give some context to that for those uh, who may not even know or be familiar? Yeah, that's a great. When when I'm on an airplane and somebody asks me what I do, you know, I say, well, I work for this organization. I consult, you know, work across the country with churches. And they look at me like, what What do you do? And I said, I'm kind of kind of like a dating app, eHarmony for a church and a youth pastor. And they're like, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, you know, so essentially, yeah, we're a staffing agency and a coaching agency. So I do consulting work. I do coaching. Um, I've got a couple coaching cohorts that I'm leading right now, youth pastors around the country. Truly, like the most life-giving aspect of my job, meeting with, it's still networking, basically, professional yeah. networking. Um, and then the staffing side, when a, when a church, you know, First Baptist, Fresno, is, uh, they, they lost their youth pastor or have an opening, they call up Slingshot or call up me directly and say, hey, we're, we are doing a search. Um, how can you help us? And we contract with that church to basically do the, the, the entire search process, but really the front end stuff, uh, getting in, seeing what the church's DNA is, putting together a profile, getting that out to candidates, vetting them, the candidates down and presenting, you know, three, four candidates out, out of the bat, out of the hatch to have them look at. And then they give reactions like, hey, we need somebody who has a little bit more of this or that. So on average, probably 12 to 15 candidates are presented to, you know, each church after all is said and done. And hopefully they find a match within that. But yeah, that's what Slingshot and some other organizations, great organizations around the country do. Yeah. No, that's great. I actually ended up getting hired to my current role through Slingshot, uh, which I think we talked about. Yeah, we um, did. But not on purpose. Like it didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't pursue that. I, leaving where we were there in Georgia and mm -hmm. had already kind of resigned, was looking at just different churches, different places on my own that I had known of, and which was working great. Had a friend who knew someone at Slingshot who sent my information to Slingshot, and then that person reached out to me, and then it kind of went from there. Yeah. David uh, Miller, my good friend David Miller. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And then I landed up and landed here in California, and so... Yep. Uh, in a weird way, I have you to blame. So, <laughs> there you go. No, you you actually it was do. Great. You, you know, you don't know the whole story behind that, but we David had a candidate that he really, really wanted presented uh, yeah. to to your church, and um, he ended up committing to a church in Georgia. Um, yeah. And so that's why that stayed open, and and you got that. So David gave me a hard we, time, and then I was like, well, but they ended up getting a better fit with you there. That's so. Funny. Yeah, we just traded places, the other guy, yep. I, you know, yep. not same church, though, but <laughs> that's funny. Well, let's talk a little bit then. Let me let me lay some context for us, because I think if folks have been listening for a while, it might be odd that a podcast that's saying, don't leave, stay where you are, you know, longevity, mm -hmm. longevity, longevity is now we're sitting here talking about how to find a youth ministry job. Um, and so, you know, I, I hope you hear us when we say, if you're in a place that's healthy and we and you're there and you've been there for a bit, we want you to stay. This is by no means us t telling you to leave. However, there are those who listen who are just starting in youth ministry, mm -hmm. who are trying to figure out how to find a youth ministry job. There are others who are in a place even where I was a few years ago, as we were just talking, where 
I knew that my time there had kind of come to an end um, after a good chunk of longevity, actually. And I needed to know and look ahead um, at that. So, you know, whatever your context is, that's your context. Brian and I both, you, I think you heard from Brian, you know, 16 years in a place and still working with cohorts. Brian, I think it's fair to say that you and I both love the idea and long for youth pastors to plant in a place and stay. Yes, absolutely. You're going to hear, and, and though it sounds, it could sound even contradictory for me to be coming in and saying, hey, stay in your place, because I work at an organization that places, you know, pastorates across, you know, across the country. But the reality is, is like you already said that you do come to an end of a chapter um, at times where it's yeah. like, hey, my, my job is done here. You can read that in the Gospels, you know, or the, the Bible, I should say, not just the Gospels, but think about Paul, you know, Paul was specifically, um, you know, in, in some places for some short, short periods of time where, you know, only after three weeks, he was basically forced out of Thessalonica and other places where it's like, he was in Ephesus for quite a while, you know? And so there's, there's times and seasons and, and inevitably there is sometimes where it's just not the right fit. I have one of those on my radar um, where on my resume, I should say, not even my radar, where I was there. And after literally after a few months, we knew that this was not a long-term fit. I had the, the the conversations with my senior pastor where it was like, man, this this does not feel like you are who you guys said you were. And, and we tried for a long time. And after 14 months, I went in and said, I just don't feel like this is the right long-term fit. And he very graciously said, hey, let's make this the best transition out ever. And and I didn't have to announce it to everybody. But after 19 months is when we actually left and gave the you know couple weeks notice to the masses. But he knew all along. And so yeah. there's there's good ways of ending as well. Um, and I think that I'm better at my job now, what I do in terms of placements with that with that on my resume, that I had a, an experience where it just wasn't the right fit. And I know how to equip people to ask better questions than I was able to ask yeah. back in the early 2000s. So please, please hear, as Jody already said, yes, we want longevity in ministry. The students need that longevity. The kids in your kids' ministry need that longevity. If you're in... A senior pastorate, your your congregants need that longevity, um, but inevitably there will be a time where it is time to move on. So, yeah. when you're in that case, that's what we want to we want to talk about a little bit today too. Yeah, and I there I have a resource on the longer haul. It's been there for years. <clears throat> it's seven reasons you should leave your church, mm-hmm. which again feels a bit contradictory even to what you said. Now, as I'm even saying it out loud, um, for the for the longer haul to have, um, I'll put a link for that resource. Though, it's just a short little guide, things to consider. Um, I'll put that in the show notes for the this episode. So if you're in a spot and you're thinking, "Man, I don't know if it's time or not," um, hopefully that will be helpful for you. It was things. It's funny I had written that years before even I left my position that I was in to come here. And I remember coming back across that during that season. It was really helpful for me. And so you're like, oh man, that's, I was writing to me. I didn't even know, mm-hmm. you know, at the time uh, when it happened. So I'll put a, but I'll put a link for that in the show notes. So if you're sitting cool. there wrestling with that, um, that's something for you guys to grab as you listen. Um, let's start here. And I, I'm thinking through, okay, we've said all those things. Somebody who's looking for a job. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna turn the page a little bit. You're 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 actively seeking and looking for a youth ministry position. What are some mistakes that you see guys make, or girls? I'm just saying guys generally, but mm-hmm. that you're seeing folks make in that process. Oh man, there's probably a lot of small mistakes. 
you know, I mean, in, in my field, the first thing that you're going to do, I hope, is is begin networking with other people, um, you know, that you're getting into your social media and, and going direct message to people, uh, especially if you're in a job right now. I'll just say this. It's easier to find a job when you're in a job. Um, so yeah. if you are if you are ticked off at your church, you're feeling church hurt and you're just done, um, please just don't go in and say, I'm done. Do yeah. do a little research. I will just tell you that churches are going to better trust you if you're in a role. Um than you explaining how you left or how you got fired because everybody is on high alert for church hurt right now. Churches are yeah. going to vet that if you're willing to speak poorly about them, you're going to be willing to to speak poorly about us then too. Um, so just be aware of that. And so if you can begin your networking safely, obviously, um, with people and, and sending out your feelers, but not knowing what is available to you is is a mistake too. That some people will just social media blast it. That hey, I'm out of a job and I'm looking for a job. That's not necessarily the best thing to do. Um, yeah, that feels either. like a and, bad idea. Yeah, and putting it up on you know those Facebook forums and you know one they usually air their grievances with their last church and then say so I'm looking right now um, and we're all going. <laughs> Hey, uh, yeah, you're you're bitter. Like, I'm not going to hire the the bitter Billy or bitter Bell, uh, Betty right, right. now. And uh, so, you know, knowing the stuff that's out there, the 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 slingshot groups and Vanderblumen's chemistry staffing, Shepherd staff. There's there's a number of the the organizations that are out there, and they don't charge candidates. You know, it, right. candidates are not paying anything. So I would just say, obviously, look at look at the job openings that are out there. There's there's websites like um, churchstaffing.com that have all these openings. A mistake that a lot of people make is throwing their name in every hat. Um, you know, I would say read the descriptions, find out as much as you can about those churches. And when you know you're not a fit, don't throw your name in the hat. I had a, a search a few years ago, Jody, uh, just north of you up in, well, on the coast too, but up in, in Pismo Beach area. Gorgeous. Yeah. Anybody who knows Pismo Beach, Central California coast, you want to be there. Um, right. But it was, but it was a large prominent church there that was a little bit more on the Armenian side of things. And I had a ton of reformed people throwing their name in the hat. I was like, you're not going to fit. And they're like, no, I think I can make it work. I was like, no, you think you could go to the beach is what you think. <laughs> and and that's, that's just the reality is that they would last probably 12, 15 months, but then they're going to end up hurting people um, and trying to change the theology of a lot of people that are going to a church that they're very comfortable with that theology. Um, so yeah. a mistake is going to the wrong place and trying to, to force yourself into um, that. So those are kind of the ones that are, are jumping for yeah. me. It's interesting. I'm thinking like early on, I think I was really, I, I wouldn't have said it. I would never have said it, but there was a part of me that was definitely looking and interested at opportunity. Oh, this feels like a great opportunity, mm -hmm. right? This was like a, um, and I didn't, you know, maybe, maybe it was a bigger whatever, but I, you know, whatever. When I came to where I am now, it was not opportunity at all. And maybe that's time in. I think I had learned who I was, what really mattered to me. My kids were a little older, right? So I'm also thinking family. It was really fit. And even before the slingshot conversation started and even once it did, because what, what's interesting is David, you're right, David is the one who ended up placing me here, but David is not the guy that I talked to originally mm. with Slingshot. Um, I think it was a guy named Matt. And with Matt, I was looking at a church in Pennsylvania, one in yeah. St. Louis, one in Texas. Matt Carroll. 
Yeah. And so I'm kind of going through the list and yeah, this is not a good fit. You know, I just think I'd be uncomfortable here. And even in some of those initial conversations with some of those churches, I think asking questions to feel out, is this a good fit for me? Mm -hmm. That mattered a lot. And I don't know that I had the wisdom to do that early on Mm -hmm. in my youth ministry days. I don't know that I would have done that. And I say that at the same time, and I think my wife would echo, I've never been one in, at least in the sense of church to chase opportunity either. Like I'm going to plant myself and I'm going to stay until I know I can't, or I know it's time to go somewhere else. That's been true of me. But every time I've looked or every time I've ended up someplace else, it was, it was, you know, it was, I was confident this is God moving us. Mm-hmm. But when it came time to come here or wherever, which ended up being here, it was definitely fit. Mm-hmm. And I walked into every one of those conversations, including the the interviews here, not trying to win a job. But I, it was almost the opposite. Like I felt like I was interviewing the role, the church, um, which I probably can do now, 20 some years in that I maybe didn't have mm-hmm. as much of a privilege to do, you know, a couple of years in. But it made it made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It made a massive difference. I definitely have candidates that are trying to win the job rather than examine if it's the right fit. They they almost view it as like a competition, and so they're coming in and they're they're saying whatever it takes to get to the point of getting the job offer. And I I can just tell you those are the ones that are not going to last in the role. Um, and you you're absolutely right. You are interviewing just as much as them interviewing you. Now, some people could see that as cocky, um, you know, Jody going into, you know, a church in California and basically interviewing them. There's going to be people on their search team, search committee that that just forget that uh, because they think that they're the consumer that they get to pick. Um, and so I'd rather I'd rather like be fired before I'm hired in that situation yeah. and have them judge me as cocky, you know, by by asking them questions. But that is a mistake that that candidates do make is that they forget that they get to interview the church because yeah and here's where i would be an advocate for why you should use a search firm is that having outside eyes even though i'm i'm not necessarily deemed outside eyes because the church that is doing the search is paying us to do it um they would think that i'm on the side of the church but i tell every church that i'm being hired by i'm like i'm gonna work just as hard for the candidate that's not paying us as i do for you that is because i'm going to be judged by right fit um, yeah. m- my own reputation is going to be, did that person last three, four, five, six years, not three, four months. Um, and right. so for me, I'm going to be that outside eyes to help you. Like if I'm working with you, Jody, and you are interviewing at a church that is um, highly X, Y, or Z, whatever doctrinal difference you know you have with them, and you're just wanting to be there, I'm going to tell you like, man, this is not, this is not the right fit for you. So having some yeah. of those outside eyes um, is just just wise. Even if you're not using a firm, man, get get a trusted friend to be looking at the profile with you or that church with you. Yeah. Even going on the site visit with you, if you're not married, take somebody else with you um, so that they can be outside eyes for you. I also did a ton of research on my end outside of what I was given on the church too. Not just and not just look at the website. Like I mean, I did look at the website everything I could find on the websites I looked for and found. I listened to every message I could find from anyone teaching from the main stage. If I could find stuff on their student ministry, I looked there. If it was social media, if it was Facebook, 
I looked up the air, you know, and and I wasn't looking for, I mean, I ended up in the desert. So clearly I wasn't looking at like, you know, the beach. <laughs> like I'm literally in the worst place in California. <laughs> I think that you could be in Southern California. It is hot and it is desert. Um, but, you know, I did want to get to know the area. And then when we were here for that visit, you know, we were at the Starbucks just down the street mm-hmm. and I'm asking, Hey, what do you know about this church up the street? And I'm asking at places that we go to see, do they know if this church exists? Mm-hmm. If they do, what is the, what are their thoughts towards that? Um, and so when I say interviewing the church, it went beyond just mm-hmm. the conversations. And obviously when I'm asking questions to that search team, I'm being very respectful. I'm, I'm answering their questions as well as I can. I'm listening for things that they say. I'm taking notes on my end. And then inevitably you get to the end. Well, do you have any questions for us? Well, actually, yes, I do. Uh, uh, you know, it was funny. I remember I asked a few questions and I asked a question about vacation that they had never been asked before. And, you know, the executive pastor had been, he's, I mean, he's 36 years in here. So he's interviewed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I asked him if he, if I asked them all, if they took all of their vacation and they kind of sat back and they didn't really know, you know what it was an odd question. So then they answered and they said, can we ask you why that's a, seems like a very specific question. Why mm-hmm. that question? And I said, well, I've just learned that if those in leadership above me don't take all of their vacation, that I won't be able to either because mm-hmm. it's an unwritten rule. It's an, un, there's an unwritten rule that you don't, you don't take your vacation and you don't value rest in, in, this season of my life that matters a lot with my kids. Um, you know, so I think just being mindful, knowing ahead of time, mm-hmm. kind of w- who you are, what you need, what works and no church is going to be perfect. Like no, no church. You're not going to be, you're going to have things that you get there and you go, Oh man, didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that it's, it's not a good place for you to be either. That, that literally is a great segue in terms of something that, not necessarily a mistake, but but no church is perfect. Every church that I go to, Jody, and I, I do the on-site, and I, I, get, I will always want to meet with their staff because that is literally candidates first ask about the staff, and then they ask about the church culture, and then they ask about the ministry uh, itself that they're going to be leading. They're a youth pastor. Yeah. They already know that they're going to be good at leading youth. So they want to know about their right. teammates, and they want to know about church culture. So... I always start with the staff by just saying, hey, describe your church, kind of mad libs here. Like we're going to do adjectives, you know, descriptive words. And it always starts with warm, welcoming, friendly, you know, and, and yeah. then I, you know, they go into like generous and giving and, and it's six or seven in and I just go, hey, listen to this. And I read back the list and I go, this sounds like the perfect place. I would come in and I would screw this place up. And then they're like, oh, you, you want some negatives? And I was like, yes, I want accurate is what I want. Right. And and what I end up finding is I find where the challenge points are. And honestly, the challenge points um, are are going to be what draw on the right candidate. Um, and so mm-hmm. like when you are looking at high desert and you're and you're going, hey, what is it about this? Because obviously, like, am I going to be drawn to Palmdale, Lancaster, you know, area? Right. Um, and some would say yes, because they do want the desert, but there had to be more to it for you. And <laughs> that it, is not it, true. That is not true. No <laughs> one says that. <laughs> There might be one, there might be two, Okay, you know, some yeah. people, they're running from LA. That's what they're doing. Yes, exactly. But they, you, you had to find the mission that was drawing you. 
And that's where, yeah. like, to me, the challenge and opportunity, um, if, if you are a youth pastor or a kids pastor, whatever you're, and you're looking for a role right now, um, find something that you're solving. You know, I tell people like, you know, what's a country that you want to go to? And Australia was one for me. And when I finally got the opportunity to go to Australia, you know, I went because I was being invited for a specific person, a, a, a specific purpose. Had I been invited on a mission trip to Australia, I would be quick to sign up. But then they say it's to cut down blackberry bushes on the back 40 of the mission organization's back lot. I don't want to go anymore, especially if I'm not going to be able right. to travel. But when they say it's to do this and it was to train up youth leaders in a specific denomination, I'm like, yes, I want to go do that. I think the same thing happens when we're looking for a job is if you're good at something and, and that church is presenting an opportunity for something that you're passionate about and gifted to do, you are the solution for them versus don't go in and do, do the stuff, you know, at another role that, that you don't actually like doing just because it's in the location that you want you 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 need to yeah. go and and be part of the solution for them are there okay as you're you've you've got churches that you're working with they're obviously giving you kind of a list of things that they're wanting in a youth pastor mm-hmm. they want someone with experience they want someone who has a, a good education they want someone who's who relates well to youth comfortable with parents evangelistic outgoing good teacher you know, great relational. The list goes on. Right. Like the, which good luck. But then you have the candidates, right. Who want, everybody wants to be a part of a growing dynamic, you know, church, which also doesn't exist. But as you're kind of looking through the candidates that come through slingshot, what are some things that a kind of really catch your eye? with what mm-hmm. comes through and what are some things that would also be big turnoffs mm-hmm. that you would say, Oh, you run from that. Yeah. You, I just want you to know that you're hundred percent accurate. Every, every church is essentially when, when we're beginning the search is looking for the unicorn. They named, they named that exact list that you gave, but also must be married, must already have a teenager, yep. but should only be 26. And you're like, wait, married, right. teenager? <laughs> you know, okay. You wanted un, you know, unplanned pregnancy at 13, but now they've redeemed and, you know, whatever. Okay. It, it, it's funny. And I literally name, I, I name to the church, like, okay, where, where are you willing to compromise? And they hate that word compromise. And they look at me and yeah. well, we don't want to compromise at all. And I'm like, well, you're not going to get this candidate. Jesus wouldn't even qualify. He wasn't married, you know? <laughs> right. And, and so they, they then begin to back off. And I do the same thing with a, with a candidate when they're looking at that church. But to answer your question, what are some, some things that really do stand out? Here's what I'd say, starting with just your resume or CV, depending on what you what you call it. None of us, churches included, are looking for you to list the duties of your job on your resume. Mm-hmm. So I get I get resumes, especially from younger candidates that that say, you know, I was the youth intern and that meant um, leading a Bible study weekly, teaching occasionally, you know, and they they list basically their job description and and it's like, no, we know what a youth pastor does. List the things that you uniquely did, that you uniquely yeah. contributed to. So um, if attendance was 30 when you got there and it was 90 by the time you left, you know, you helped grow the youth ministry from 30 to 90. You increased from four leaders to 12 leaders. Um, you implemented the parent strategy that, you know, once a quarter, you know, name those three mm-hmm. or four bullet points that you were unique in doing. Um, those things stand out to me. The, the Wait, mistakes. can I ask a question? Absolutely. Okay, here's the picture or no picture on the resume? 
Yeah, from what I hear, like the trend is no picture now. I always like a picture personally, yeah. like because I want to be able to put a face with a name. I always when I when I start working with candidates, I actually do a recording um, for the rest of our organization. I do a five minute mock interview with somebody. And I tell people like we could joke about or we could talk about, you know, restaurants and sports teams and probably get just as much personality out of, out of you. But because we're doing ministry, I ask a few ministry questions of them. Be everybody's wondering what this guy's personality or this gal's personality is like. So that's what we want to see. Right. And, and in a picture, sometimes you see that you see that they, you know, if you've got a family and you want to put your family photo up there, they're not wondering, like, are they married? That the, the questions that the HR can't can't ask, you yeah. can show you can go above and beyond by just showing that and naming those things because HR departments can't ask those things anymore. So to me, right. I like it. Now, somebody might refute on the you know, on, on social media and say, no, you can't do that. But I like it personally. Yeah. I've so. heard a lot of people back and forth. That's why I ask. And I think yeah. it, it feels like the reason that people don't is, oh, well, they're going to profile or they're going to, but, and I get that. I totally yeah. get that. At the same time, if that's what's going to keep them from giving you a look, you don't want to work there anyway. Yeah. So I'm not sure personally why that mm -hmm. would be as big of an issue. Yep. It's not like you're trying to get a job that you wouldn't want to fit in. Correct. Yes. But, okay. I think the most common mistake that that people make on on even that resume side of things or or the, the to to do not to do's um, would be, you know, somebody who's even applying for a job that says 5 years required and you only have one and and you're just throwing your name in the hat because you're you're hopeful but the people who are trying to stretch it to make it look like you've got five years experience when right. you clearly don't um you know right. when when you are a middle school leader as a high school sophomore um, doesn't mean that you have and then you and then you did an internship um for two years that was paid that does not mean the three years of high school and the two years of internship that you have five years vocational ministry experience yeah. you have two years vocational yeah. ministry experience and three years of being a volunteer I will say to that end, college students that are listening to this as you're as you're or even seminary that you're thinking about going in to a job, one way that you can get experience that uh, you may not have thought of is is getting yourself a title. If you're a volunteer, even let's say you're in Jody's youth group right now and and you're in college and you're trying to, you know, show that you have experience, if if an intern came to you or an unpaid intern came to you, Jody, and just said, man, I want an actual job description and I want you to hold me accountable, even if it's just 10 hours a week, but can I be called the, the small group coordinator? My guess is the majority of youth pastors out there will help a person, especially a college student or, or seminary student, have that experience by giving them a job description, especially when it's not costing anything um, and they yeah. get that, that they get that higher functionality out of them. So I think that's one untapped resource um, that I wish people would do. That's a great idea. I mean, that is a great suggestion. And I will say now, and I don't know that I did, I wouldn't have even thought about it earlier, but I would say where I am now, and obviously context matters too. If we have volunteers who are in kind of lead roles where they're helping us with, mm -hmm. I always give them a title and job description anyway, as a practice. Yep. We, I mean, we actually have job descriptions for every volunteer and the time commitment required and what that looks like, because we want them to know what they're committing to. Mm -hmm. But that's a great I love that. That's a really great suggestion. Thank you. That's good. Yeah. 
I, smart, Brian. I, I get I get to I get to speak in some uh, youth ministry profs classes at the end of the year when they're senior seminar type of things all the time, and and that one always hits home for people, and they're like, oh, I should have started yeah. doing this last year. Yes, you should. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> What about um, questions? I kind of mentioned some questions I asked. Are there questions that you think, hey, these are good questions to ask? Because mm -hmm. I get asked that a lot from yeah. folks. Like, what kind of questions should I ask in my interview? I think people, because it's church, they get a little weird in terms of what they can ask and can't ask, mm -hmm. even back to our point in conversation earlier, versus like an outside job in the mm -hmm. secular world where maybe that's less you know, mm -hmm. taboo. Yeah. Other questions that that you would throw out as suggestions? Yeah, and, and let me just address the the actual interviews and the questions on both sides of the, the equation right now. And that would be to it, maybe you're listening to this and you guys are about to do a, a hire um, and you're an elder, you're a point person or you're a youth pastor that's looking to get an associate um, in the interview process. I do not understand why churches do not send questions in advance to the candidate. So often we think like, hey, let's 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 stump the band, basically. And, and we get on an yeah. interview with somebody and we don't send the questions in advance to them. I, I would rather have a well thought out answer than an, an on the spot answer. So, you know, you're you're in an, if I'm interviewing you, Jody, and, and I say, hey, what curriculum would you use for us? That's an impossible question for you to answer. You don't know us. yet. Yeah. You, you don't know these right. students. You don't know what they what what they don't know, you know, versus me sending in advance, you know, the, the four or five subjects that we're going to cover. And I say curriculum is one of them. And we want to know which ones you've used in your past. You can answer that. And you, you're going to yeah. come into that with a thoughtful answer. That does not mean you're going to use that curriculum for this church. You're asked, you're being asked, which ones have you used? And I'd say the same thing for the candidate. Um, the candidate can ask in advance, here's the questions that I'm going to be asking you. And you want to know everything from, you know, what, what is the parent, you know, is the parent relationship with the youth pastor adversarial or advocate? Um, mm. You know, you want to know even some scenarios. And this is one exception to that question that I said. I think scenarios can be thrown out on the spot because yeah. in youth ministry, we, we do have to deal with scenarios. When a kid shows up drunk at youth group, what do you do on the, on the spot? Um, you're not going to have time to prepare for that. I think like your question, I think that was a brilliant question, by the way, the vacation one. I've never asked that, but yet I, I do know that I've been in that situation where my boss right. didn't take. And I'm like, yep, that's why I only took two weeks instead of three weeks that year. So <laughs> I, I get it. And I think that's brilliant. I think that people ought to ask about conflict. Um, you know, even, even asking a specific question of like, hey, when's the last time that there was, or, or name a situation where there was conflict among staff members? How was that handled? I would ask about HR policies, like, hey, what happens when I have an issue with, um, if and when I ever would have an issue with somebody above me, you know, what's the reporting structure? There a lot of churches just don't have HR departments. Um, hopefully there's something right. in their bylaws that, um, you know, if you're reporting to the senior pastor, uh, hopefully there is some sort of end around where you feel like you can go to an elder or you can go to an HR director or whatever it would be. So I would ask about, those types of things. Um, I do think that the vacation one, I've always said like, Hey, what is, it's not necessarily vacation, but what's your policy around, you know, a camp or a retreat? I'm gone for five right. days straight. What is quote unquote comp time? Um, those types of things need to be asked. The, the, in, in youth ministry, you know, and that's where both you and I, our context is, is quite a bit. 
I just say, ask as many questions you can about that. I would say the three major pillars, the students, the parents, and the leaders, um, yeah. and, and finding out what, what those communities, what those community interactions like look like. Um, you'll usually find out like, hey, communication has been poor between the youth pastor or the youth, youth department and the parents. You, you're discovering where the low-hanging fruit is, and, and that, yeah. that will help you get the job too when you have a strategy around those. What about asking about the last youth pastor? I, well, I always ask about it. So like if, if you're being represented by an organization like Slingshot, hopefully we're going to be able to fill, fill that in. Um, if you're doing this independently, I would say absolutely you should ask. Like, hey, give me a little context as to why you guys are looking right now. Yeah. Um, because they're going to ask you, why are you interested right now? Right. And what, what they're saying is, hey, give us a little context as to why you're dissatisfied or, right. you know, in college grad, it's like, hey, I'm graduating. That's an easy story to tell. But if you're right. leaving after three years or, or after three months, you better have the story of why. And they, they better have their story of why. So absolutely, I would. Uh, I thought where you were going to ask is, should you talk to or can you talk to that former youth pastor? I would always seek permission from the church first. Um, if they yeah. if they end up finding out that you did that and went behind their back, I, I think more people are going to be skeptical of it. Um, but with permission, I think it's great. Yeah, no, that's good. That was my next question. <laughs> how about um, How about a scenario where there is a gap? Right. Like I was in that a little bit. It did. It did cause more questions than I would have had I stayed um, and not, you know, not and, and found a position before I left. There's no question on that. What are some what are some ways to help that scenario? Because I know that's an issue. I'm assuming that's going to be an issue for you. Not an issue, but a question that's going to be asked by you. It's definitely going to be asked by churches. Mm-hmm. Are there some things there when there's a gap that you would say, hey, these are things to be mindful of or things that you can mm-hmm. do? Yeah, there's there's more of that happening right now just because of the 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 great resignations. You know, I think it's April of 21 and March of 22 or, or vice versa. I could have been March of 21 and April of 22. But those were the two yeah. biggest months of mass resignations across all industry, not just not just church. Yeah. So there's a lot of people who left because of burnout, because of, you know, the the emergency of moving everything online and moving back and everybody having the same expectations of youth pastors, people burned out. So it's more explainable that people have just said, Hey, I needed a mental health break. I needed to be, you know, do something different. I needed to be with my family. Um, And so that's a little bit easier than it was say in 2019 um, to do that. But I would still say one of the things that I ask is, you know, you, you say that you're passionate about XYZ ministry, and I'll just use, use youth ministry. Um, yeah. And I see that you, you've not been a youth pastor for two years. Where, where are you volunteering right now in your, in your church? Mm. And that's my first question, because I think a search committee is going to ask that. And if they really are passionate about youth ministry, they probably have stayed involved in youth ministry somehow. And if you're, yeah. if you're not, you know, quickly go meet with that youth pastor and get, get, get back involved. Um, yeah. I think that there's, there's ways that, you know, I, I am directly involved with the youth ministry through volunteering in my, in my group, in our church right now. But even if I wasn't, and I was throwing my name back in the hat for youth ministry, I could talk about the camps that I've spoken at. I can talk about how I'm yeah. still networking. I could, there's, there's three or four things that I could say. Um, and I would say that would be important is, are, how are you still involving yourself in youth culture? 
maybe it's yeah. just as a substitute teacher, you know, at a high school, mm -hmm. but you are subbing and you're still around youth or you're volunteering at, as a coach, you're still around youth. So that's, yeah. that's one way that I would say is still involve yourself, even if you're not involved in a specific church. Yeah, that's good. I've told guys in the past to go back to school. Um, you don't have to take a full load, but if you can show at least that you were in school, mm -hmm. it, it almost eliminates the question. I agree. Like I, I've seen it just not even get asked because yep. the assumption is, oh, you left to go back to school. Yep. And so brilliant. And I think you can with online now, that's so easy. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big fan of school. So I think people should always consider that even if, even if they're not without a job. So, yep, I agree. Any, any, I want to be mindful here of your time. Any last things you'd throw out, any suggestions or thoughts that we haven't talked about? I know we've kind of been all over the map here. Yeah. I would say this, that, you know, some people on here are going to be listening and going like, man, I know that Jody has always, it's, it's called the longer haul for a reason. And, and, right. and longevity is a thing. Here's what I'd say is that right now, and we've already kind of alluded to it. Church hurt is, is there. I think there's, I think the church has done a horrible job, the capital C church of, of actual disciple making. We're not making disciples who make disciples who make disciples in my, in my coaching cohort. I just asked the question of, a number of them, like who's pouring into you right now? And everybody said nobody. Yeah. And so there's, there's just this loneliness that's taking place. That's why I'd say, man, get involved in networking. And, and, and I hope that you really can stay, but there is a time and place where you do come to the end where it's like, yeah, I, I need to leave. And, and here's what I would just say is leave. Well, um, yes. we, we are such a divided nation and world right now that we're, we're supposed to, we, we're being taught to live in the extreme. You know, none, none of us wants to identify as a Republican or, or a lot of us don't want to identify as a Republican or Democrat because you are like far, far right or you're far, far left, even if you are in the middle, but lean just a little bit one way or the other. And so we just loop you in with the extremes. And I think that we do that with when we're leaving a church, we want to make mm -hmm. sure that everybody is on our side. So we blast that church or vice versa, the church blasts that person that's leaving. And I'm just like, man, don't burn bridges. Um, yeah. Honor honor that place. And and if you're in your show notes, if you want to just tell people, Google an open letter to a departing youth pastor. Um, it's a blog that I wrote probably 15, 18 years ago. And it's by far like thousands, maybe even tens of thousands more read than any other blog post that I ever read or wrote, I should say. And it, it literally is just advice to an, a departing youth pastor. And it's even though you're feeling bitter or hurt or whatever, here's some things that you can do to still leave and leave well. And, and, and you want your reputation to be, yeah. be better than what, what people would want it to be. And so um, I would say, talk, talk to, you know, reach out to me, talk to me about how, how can I go about leaving? Well, um, yeah. it'll, it'll help your reputation. It'll help the church's reputation. It'll get away from these extremes. So I think that's just a, a spot where, no, where you're, and you I might just that, need some man. help. Yeah, I love that. When I, I'm gonna, you're always going to leave hurt. I don't care what the context of your departure or how, even how good it is, you're always going to leave a little bit hurt. You're always leaving a little damaged. And so every church that's hiring is going to hire someone who's a little, coming in a little damaged and hurt, right? No one wants to admit that, but that's just the reality of what it is. If you've 
been someplace for any amount of time and cared about the students and the volunteers that you invest in, all you do by leaving poorly is destroy everything you've worked for when you've been there. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to, and it's hard. Oh man, it's hard to leave well when you, yeah, it's just hard. Um, and so, you know, you just like we always would say, you minister with the end in mind. You begin with the end in mind. Everything you're doing is down the line. Leaving is the same. And mm-hmm. you can, so I would say, do everything you can to set the next person up well. Also know that the moment you leave, they're going to undo everything you've done because that's just what happens. And yep. you have to just, that doesn't mean you don't do everything you can to help set them up well, but it will be undone. And, and that's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Your time there, your responsibility is to be faithful during your season yeah. and, and you can't control what comes after. And so leaving well, you know, it sets the next, the next person up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it helps you. It only helps you as you leave. And so, yeah, I, man, I love that. I'll put the link uh, for that as well. In cool. The show notes. So awesome. that, those two resources will be there. We've talked to, I threw out the one you obviously threw out that link. Is there another resource that you, that comes to mind that you'd recommend? I mean, just literally the, the one that my, my coaching cohorts going through where we're doing kind of three phases of the, of the cohort this year. And the first part is on self-awareness and self-deception. Uh, second part is on just your spiritual, relational, emotional health and um, intentionally scaling your ministry, even for succession, kind of the three movements of it. And this first one, just because I recommended it to them this week, well, I bought it for everybody, is a book called Leadership and Self-Deception. Mm-hmm. And it's to me, it's it's written in a narrative form. It's just a really cool leadership book and very unexpected is what I would say. It's just it's it's not teaching you. Um, you know, here's the five tips or 21 laws of, you know, if we want to go Maxwell, um, but it's just a, yeah. just a cool, unique, unique read. Um, and so just because I suggested it this week um, to people, that's why it's front of mind for me. No, oh, that's great. And if, if folks want to connect with you beyond this, what's the mm-hmm. best way for them to get a hold of you? I mean, a few different things, brianabby.com. My, my name is spelled uniquely. Um, last name is A-A-B-Y. Most people will just do A-B-B-Y, but Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Abby, A-A-B-Y.com is like, I do not blog very often, but that's my long-term uh, blog. And I think all my contact information is there. Um, Abby at slingshotgroup.org is the, the best email. And then at Brian Abby for, for Instagram and whatever Twitter's called now. Yeah. X. Yeah, whatever. Twitter <laughs> X. I didn't. And then I know we're wrapped up here. I, I don't want to open another can, but just if folks are interested in Slingshot, mm-hmm. easiest step for them is to go create a profile. Is that still the, yeah, I mean, or I what's no the problem. first step? Yeah. I would say you can easily do that just by going to slingshotgroup.org and creating a profile. If you want to like be kind of ushered through that, I have no problem with people reaching out to me. I love being the, the point of first contact answering the door and answering questions uh, for people. So if they reach out to me at slingshotgroup.org, I'm happy to get them started too. Cool. All right. I'll put that there as well. Lots of stuff in the show notes. Don't miss it. Go check those out. That'll be at thelongerhall.com. Brian, thanks again for jumping on, man. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, there you go. Again, like we said off the front end, just a really, really practical uh, episode, lots of great, great advice there and resources for you. So make sure you head over to longerhall.com slash episode 136 to check out the show notes there and grab all the goodies and info. Uh, that'll do it for this episode. We will see you in the next one. 
Thanks for listening to the Longer Haul Youth Ministry Podcast. Before you go, hit that subscribe button to keep these conversations coming. For notes, resources, and to join our community, swing by thelongerhall.com. Stay encouraged, keep making a difference, and remember, we're in this for the longer haul. Catch you on the next episode.